Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. I don't need a return phone call. I'm listening to Stand Up For The Truth right now, and I'm so upset about the damage that you're doing about the vaccine right now that I'm going to discontinue listening or contributing to your station. Um, I don't know why you're giving credibility to these people and hearing stories about a friend of a friend or a, a relative of an employee without knowing if an autopsy was done, what they actually died of, does so much damage in this world. And I, I'm just so disappointed in you guys for taking this stand. It's been nice listening to you for a number of years, but I'll be switching stations now. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you listening. We cut off the listener's name, and good morning. Welcome to Stand Up For The Truth podcast. We lost another one to K-Love, so uh, they can <laughs> they can hear uh, positive, encouraging, uh, whatever they want to hear all day long. And um, what she was objecting to, friends, and I'm going to bring in John Haller in just a minute, a prophecy expert. Um, he's been with us many times. We love his uh, prophecy updates. He's with Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio. But uh, yes, he is a pastor, elder, and teacher, but also he's been a trial lawyer for almost 40 years. So here's how we're going to set this up. You just heard that listener call in and say she was really disappointed the damage we are doing. What we did was we brought in two local business owners, one of them a registered nurse and one of them a background in the pharmaceutical industry. They both knew about different things, uh, uh, drugs, prescriptions, uh, nursing, uh, hospital protocols, different things. So what she was, the listener was apparently upset about, she probably just tuned in and listened out of context. A lot of people do that with radio. You tune in out of context and you just hear someone talking about uh, they knew someone that died from the vaccine after they took the vaccine. Well, one of our listeners, or one of our guests last Friday, her name is Melissa. She is now the manager of Scambati's New York Pizza in De Pere, Wisconsin. She had several employees who actually, they three different employees she lost for at least a temporary period because of one of them's spouse um, had a vaccine adverse reaction and another employee's um, I don't remember who it was. Uh, it might have been his wife died after getting the vaccine. And another employee got the vaccine, got the vaccine, got the, the what do you call it, the, uh, the shot, the booster. And every time they got a shot, they had certain reactions that they never had in their life and never a reaction to any other thing. So there's kind of like the update of that comment. The other reason I want to bring John in here on this conversation is, and, and John, why don't I just welcome you right now? We appreciate your time. There's so much to get to. We're going to talk about Russia. We're going to talk about Bible prophecy, uh, Satan's minions using the Great Reset, and the Russia crisis and Ukraine. So, John, thank you for coming back on Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Yep, we're going to do all that in less than an hour. Yes. 
<laughs> we joke about this, friends, because every, every time I have John on, we could go for two hours. And a couple times we did, we recorded an extra podcast. But so the letter that Jenny, our other guest last Friday, uh, she's the manager of Taza Italian Coffee Company in De Pere. She's the registered nurse. She received a letter from the government threatening her, intimidating her. Why? Because they heard a complaint about her Jenny uh, supposedly spreading misinformation about COVID-19. Uh, John, the letter stated that she had to submit a detailed written response to the allegations. Right. Where does she work currently, including all employers, even non-nursing locations, plus a list of her nursing employers since July 2021 because someone complained that she didn't tow the, the globalist government line on masks and the vaccine. So, John, I sent you the letter. You saw it. it. It stirred up a lot of interest last Friday during this podcast because other people, other small business owners can relate. Some people have gotten similar letters. So first, I would just like for you to share your thoughts on a letter like this. And I believe it's unconstitutional because we're just talking about free speech. So go ahead. Well, let me let me first, because I, I still have a, a little bit of a law practice, uh, I need to issue a disclaimer that, you know, you should not rely on anything that I say about legal advice because I'm an attorney licensed in Ohio and Indiana, and this is a Wisconsin thing. So I'll speak generally okay. about the principles, but it's not specific legal advice. My our firm's uh, my firm's legal malpractice carrier would require me to, to make that disclaimer. Okay. So look, I looked at this particular letter, but this is not unusual. I've seen letters like this from all over the country. So there's a, a few things that are very, very, very concerning to me about this letter in the context of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, this letter came out, uh, the one that I've seen was in January, but it references prior letters that have been sent back in December. And it's interesting when I look at this particular letter, I see a DLSC case number, which is the Department of Safety and Legal Department of Safety and Professional Services, Division of Legal Services and Compliance, and it's case number, and then it's got a 21 NUR, and then the case number. Mm -hmm. Now, that is being sent to her, and it is addressed to her as an RN. Now, this is concerning because if I understand what she said on the show Friday was that when the person, the, she got a copy of the complaint that had been filed against her for passing on information about masks and vaccines. I believe this is what the complaint was about. Yeah. But that was in connection with her business. So here is someone, so it's either someone who knows her, yes, who contacted the government and made a complaint and said, hey, this is a nurse who's spreading this information, or when they got the, the Department of uh, Safety, the Wisconsin Department of Safety and Professional Services, got a copy of this, they searched their professional license database mm -hmm. to say, oh, well, is there any way we can put pressure on this person does this person have a professional license? Now, David, I, you know, I, I, I teach at a small church. I mean, we, we run 80 to 100 people, 60 to 100 people, uh, but we have a, a fairly large online following. So I get contacted by hundreds, thousands of people every week who can't find a church or whatever. Yep. And this is very common. I have talked to doctors 
in the U.S., in various states, and in a foreign country to the north of us, where they are being pressured not to say anything that does not differ from the 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 approved government information about this virus. Which I call it, to get around the YouTube censors, I sometimes refer to it as Charlie Vector 019er. This is this is blatantly unconstitutional. This is interfering in the doctor patient relationship. This is a concerted takedown and control and totalitarian uh, methodology that's used. This this match of the old Soviet Union. Yes, it's communist policy. Uh, I, I mean, it's because they are trying to destroy people's lives. So let's just look at this on a broad perspective <clears throat> now, though, David. Sure. We are now in a place where the CDC is changing guidance on masking. Uh, the governor of New York, who has been uh, a very totalitarian and the unelected governor of New York. She was appointed when the governor resigned in a scandal. Yeah. She has been an absolute totalitarian with regard to masks, particularly masks with children in schools. And I would say that, listen, I'm an intelligent person. I've represented pharmaceutical companies. I know how to read science reports. I know how to read analysis and that type of thing. And I can tell you that the the question, the issue of whether masks have worked, particularly in children, is very sketchy. And so you have your caller who called in and said, oh, you're spreading misinformation about this. But that is very, very concerning. This this is totalitarianism run amok. Yeah. This is... I. This is intimidating. And, and and so you see, you see Jen Psaki, this, this, the president's press secretary. I refer to her because of the way she looks and she represents somebody else, uh, Corella Von to Zuckerberger, uh, because of the way. <laughs> and, and she openly says in press comp and press briefings that we want Spotify to shut down Joe Rogan. We want these people kicked off social media. The government is prohibited by the Constitution of the United States from making any law affecting the freedom of speech. These people are acting in a totalitarian, unconstitutional manner. And, uh, and I know there are, there are people within the Christian community who say, oh, well, if you speak up against this, you're rebelling against God. This is absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. This is sophistry on the part of people who say that. These people are tyrants. Uh, they are interfering in the patient relationships. I have. There has been a Indiana insurance executive. You can see the testimony of this guy. It is a. It, it's not something that he was doing. I don't know if he was doing it for public consumption, but it's been released to the public. And mm. a uh, company headquartered in Indianapolis, and he said that over the last two years they have seen a forty percent increase and death and disability claims. Wow. Now, the question is, what is it from? I have personally talked. So if this lady doesn't, you know, who called in and complained, I have personally talked to funeral directors who have said, our business is up 20, 25, 30% 
over what it was two years ago. And when I asked them, well, what are they dying of? It's a mix of things, some from COVID, heart attacks, strokes, drug, uh, a, a lot of suicides, a lot of uh, overdoses, hmm. that type of thing. But here is an, an Indiana insurance executive. I'm a little bit exercised about this, by the way, you might be able to tell. Yeah. There's <laughs> an Indiana insurance executive who is telling you it is a 40% increase. He also said in that clip, if it was a 10% increase, we would consider that a one in multi-hundred-year event if that happened. But it's not 10%, David. It is 40%. And this is true across the board. Well, so then we get into these arguments about, well, people, they're, you know, they're unba- only the unvaccinated are dying. That's a lie. Is, it is a lie. Mm-hmm. And so the guy is lying to you. But here's, here's even a bigger issue. And I think at the beginning of the next segment, we will play a clip of a very well-known person. But at least in this segment, let me make this point. This letter, these letters were written to this uh, very wonderful lady. I listened to her and her business partner on your show Friday. They were written back in December and January. You have to respond. And by the way, under the Wisconsin code, I looked it up. If you don't respond to something like this, it creates a presumption that everything is, that's been said about you is true. What can be done with that? They can pull your license. Yep. Wow. You can lose your job. I have been contacted by half a dozen healthcare people in the last two days who have given up their jobs because they did not want to get vaccinated. And in many cases, these were people who had COVID, who had Charlie Becker 019er and <laughs> had recovered. Yep. I now, had it and recovered. Other- yeah is that this is this is an intimidation tactic that's being used by these little totalitarian unconstitutional tyrants that are operating all throughout our government in, in the well john you're um, you're cutting your, your phone is cutting out just a little bit in, in just in the last minute okay. so i don't know if you're moving around but i just want to emphasize the fact that what is concerning to not only americans but people in the West, people in North America, is that we're in a new place and time in history where our governments are now fighting the people they are supposed to govern and serve. Our own governments are coming against the people, in our case in America, against the people they represent with these mandates and uh, what happened you know, in this country in the last couple of years. We're seeing that. We're seeing you're talking about totalitarianism. You mentioned tyranny. Well, you sent me an article, John. I don't know if this is a good time to touch on it over in uh, The Spectator. The tyranny of Trudeau. We've seen just across our northern border. These poor Canadian friends, we have a lot of people listening from Canada to this podcast who are saying these are some of the most severe lockdowns and mandates worldwide, and the numbers don't justify it. So just your thoughts on Trudeau and governments coming against the people. Yeah, I. this is all very, very troubling. So the, the timing of this letter is interesting, too, because on February 7th, the Department of Homeland Security issued a, um, a, a, a bulletin 
And, and this is what the homeland security thing, I think this is important, so we maybe need to take a couple minutes to do it. Sure. Last summer, they came out with, uh, a lot of this relates to the protests from January 6th, a year ago at the Capitol. And people, by the way, who are being charged with misdemeanor crimes where the penalty is under a year are still being held in prison with no bail. This is, this is, this is out of the Soviet Union type stuff. Yes, yes, it is. So, it, 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 and they issued a they issued a tweet, and on the tweet they had a couple of pictures, and they said we we have homeland uh, domestic terrorism, you know, white supremacy, and all these things. We need to do this, but the pictures that that the FBI, it was either the FBI or DHS tweet, uh, and I've covered this in my updates. They were pictures from a F, uh, a report from the ho- uh, domestic uh, homeland security. Uh, report from a couple years prior about jihadist homeland security. There were there were pictures of planes flying into buildings and people going to airports. But you see the shift that they made that it's they're they're taking the jihadi terrorists and now it's anybody who goes against the government is a jihadi terrorist. The same. And so then on January February seventh, a bulletin was issued. It says it'll expire on June 7th, but just like everything else in the government, the COVID emergency has been extended indefinitely by the Biden administration. It said the summary of terrorism threat to the United States. This is February 7th. And so what I'm concerned about is here is the Department of Homeland Security issuing a report in February, but in Wisconsin, a professional licensing department is doing the exact same thing a couple months before Homeland Security issues this bulletin. And the question always becomes, how are they all pivoting? And so this says the United States remains as the DHS bulletin remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories or other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation. And it goes on later down there to say, what does it relate to? The disinformation, mis, dis, and malinformation that they're concerned about relates to election fraud Mm. and information being spread on social media about the virus and vaccines. And so now here you see it almost, to me, looks like a coordinated effort between the federal department and the state department. Then you layer on top of this the protest that came out of Canada mm. with the truckers, and yeah. we have our own trucker <clears throat> thing going on. And even though they said, we're not going to the Capitol, we're not going to the Capitol, they've put that fence up around the Capitol now. And President Biden will give his State of the Union address tonight. And I'm going to tell you, you got to call this the State of the Nation report in advance of the President's State of the Union, because we are in serious trouble here, here and in Canada. And in Canada, to shut down the truckers, they attack them financially. Yep. And you see things, you see people all over the place that are on social media, that are conservative, or religious or whatever, that are being deplatformed. And, and they're having their PayPal taken away. They're having their financing taken away. And so here you have this this tyrant, this Justin Trudeau guy, enacts the Emergencies Act, never before used in Canada. It's a relatively new act. His father used a prior 
Act back in 1970 when they had real terrorist attacks. So here you see the truckers there. Yeah, they're blocking streets, okay? And they blocked some bridges. But then they came out and they took away their, their GoFundMe, said they weren't going to turn the money over. They eventually decided to return it. Then other things were done, people were giving cryptocurrency, and the government went in and they grabbed everything. And so people who, and I know this, people have contacted me. They gave $25, $50, $250 to the truckers to support them because they agreed with the protest, e- even if they were vaccinated, by the way. Most of the truckers were vaccinated anyway, but it was about freedom. Yep. They were, have had their accounts, bank accounts, finance accounts, and, um, and credit cards shut down. Now, how do you function without access to your finances? And so this, this is a concerted effort. And even as the narrative at the public changes about COVID and vaccines, the, the vaccines didn't stop the spread, folks. Mm. Omicron spread all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, but people don't and reason the, and pe- people don't look at those facts and and they only hear what they're hearing from the media and they obey the government marching orders generally. And I know more people are starting to catch on, but I'm with John Haller today. We're talking about government intimidation, tyranny. We will tackle the Russia crisis, a little bit about the tyranny of Trudeau. But good news, John that the capital mask mandate conveniently has been lifted just in time for Biden's State of the Union, so-called. Anyway, more with John Haller on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. To kick off, actually, and get a bit of a scene center from Mr. Gates, because this is... I know a topic that you've spoken on again and again. You were ahead of the curve prior to the beginning of this pandemic. Where would you assess where we are today in beating COVID-19? Well, the, uh, you know, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the, the variant called Omicron, uh, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B cell and T cell immunity. And it's done a better job of getting out to the world population uh, than we have with vaccines. So we've got Pastor John Haller with us. Sadly, uh, could you please explain, break down that Bill Gates statement? That that was Bill Gates questioned by Melanie Jolie, who is the foreign minister of Canada at the Munich Security Conference a week ago, it would have been a week ago Saturday, in Munich, the Munich Security Conference. They hold it every year. And of course, one of the big issues this year was the situation in Ukraine, which we'll talk about. But this was Gates. And, and so he starts off, which is a very strange response. He said, sadly, the virus itself, particularly Omicron, is a type of vaccine. Now, listen, this is what Robert Malone said on Joe Rogan's show. This is what Peter McCulloch has said. This is what other people have said who have studied this, is that there is a thing called natural immunity. And this relates back to the letter that was sent by the Wisconsin Department of, Pe- of whatever services. People have natural immunity. And I have talked to physicians, and physicians have told me that if you have natural immunity, if you've had this like you have and like I have, have had this thing in recovery, 
it can be dangerous. There is a risk, a heightened risk of getting vaccinated under that circumstances. It can cause a hyper reaction to a future exposure to the virus. And so this this virus thing, you know, how many how many boosters are people going to get? So we understand that the that the vaccination did not stop the spread. Um, but now this Omicron, and when this Omicron thing started spreading, I heard Robert Malone, who is who was one of the people who worked on developing the MNR, mRNA vaccine technology mm-hmm. a number of years ago. I don't know that he invented it, but he certainly was involved in it. Yes. And he's been in, in vaccines all his life. And all these people say, oh, he's spreading. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's alive. Listen, this guy, he has no upside to this. They're, they're attacking his license mm-hmm. <laughs> for talking about what he knows scientifically. There, there are people that have filed complaints like this against him and the state that licensed him to practice medicine. Peter McCulloch, who is, is one of the most published, if not the most published science writer in the world, has said the same thing. They said Omicron is going to be like a natural um, uh, a, a natural vaccine. This is what happens. You get exposed to something, you develop an immune response to it, so it protects you in the future. And here is Bill Gates, Mr. Vaccine himself, saying, "Sadly, this is what's happening." Well, why is he sad about that? That the that the pandemic is going to become endemic, and people are going to have to learn to live with this. This is this is very very troubling. Mm-hmm. And my question is now: is is the Munich Security Conference? Is Bill Gates? Is Melanie Jolie, the foreign minister of Canada, are they going to be deplatformed? Are they going to have their accounts frozen? Well, you know, they're spreading misinformation. Right. You know, of course, if, if, uh, you know, whatever Gates says, I I just kind of sensed that she was bowing down to him in a way when she set up the question. Well, Bill Gates does have a, by the way, he does have a a book coming out called, uh, I think it's something like preparing for the next pandemic. Really? And we know these are going to happen. And we, know, we even know that, you know, in terms of Bible prophecy, we know that something like this is coming mm-hmm. prophetically in the in, in this last period of history before the Lord returns to set up his kingdom. So I don't mind if people talk about it, but I'm just saying is that in, in, a, in a virus, and listen, I had dear friends who died from this thing, okay? So mm-hmm. this was nothing, and you know how it was. It was, it was rough. Yeah to recover from. Yeah, we're not minimizing it. Yeah. Right. But there's also what have we done to society? And so what why are funeral directors telling us when we have a funeral at church and I I talk to them that we're seeing a lot of suicides of young people. Young people dying of this and overdoses and this type of thing. And and, and it's like folks, there's something going on. And it's it's serious. So, John, this what what we've talked a little bit about on this podcast with you before is the the left, the globalists, the socialists, the communists, and whoever else you want to put in that group. Generally, they are using this crisis, the pandemic. You know, the Bible is true. You know, there will be wars, rumors of wars, pandemic, famines, and pestilences. But man can make things a lot worse than what they could have or should have been. And that's what we're seeing happening. I just want to mention right, that this, you, you sent me yeah, an... Is, go ahead. Well, this is all related to this great reset thing. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but ask me about the article that I sent you. Yeah, first. the the one. Well, there's. I'm not sure which one you're referring to. I'm looking at the one that says uh, not demonstrably justified that a high court upheld a challenge to police and NZDF vaccination mandates and terminations. Uh, suspended. This is uh, where is this out of um, New Zealand or it's out of New Z- the Herald of New Zealand? Okay, so explain that because they basically so, yeah, okay. go ahead. So, well, let me let me just back up. So, there's a great article. There's a guy named Ernest Wolf who's written about it in German, and, and you can find some podcasts of him if you Google him or YouTube him. And he's talked, and then it was picked up in a, a thing called the Rare Foundation, R A I R Foundation. Uh, and they, he wrote an article about what they found is that it seemed like every country in the world pivoted at the same time to put in the same kind of restrictions, mask mandates, vaccine, all of these things. The social distancing, right? Social distancing, the six feet apart. Where's the science for that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I told you, I, some lady got called up my backside in a, in a store, where's your mask? And I said, lady, if you think you need two masks, mine and, and yours, to protect you, go get a, go get one of the ones laying out in that parking lot and put another one on. Uh, I wasn't very, I didn't have a very good, a nice response to it, but it, it just, it's sort of, this thing wears on you. Mm-hmm. And I think this is tearing society apart. Yeah. But all these leaders, and then you start looking at there's been this thing called the Global Leaders Summit that's been run by the World uh, Economic Forum or Klaus Schwab. I have a video of Klaus Schwab from 2017 at Harvard School of Government, which is a big center for this, propagating this thinking among world leaders. And now what they also have a candidate they call world shapers. That's kind of an interesting. And Schwab says, yeah, you know. We've done this. We've we've hit. We've had all these people, and the Rare Foundation confirms this. Peter Buttigieg, Angela Merkel, Vladimir Putin, all of these people have been through this global leadership thing. Bill Gates was one of the early graduates, and then he says, "And we have Trudeau in Canada." Mm-hmm. And then I have I Klaus Schwab says I go to a reception, and I see the cabinet of Canada, and over half of them are graduates of this. Mm. So you have this. Christia Freeland, who is the deputy prime minister, and I believe also the finance minister in Canada. And she comes on there, and she's she's the one who's saying these are all the economic sanctions we're putting on everybody who contributed to this thing. So they contributed to this thing when it was a protest. Then the government later decided that this was illegal, and so they went back. It didn't matter when you contributed whether it was before or after they declared it illegal. This is this is a thing called ex post facto. You cannot make a crime of something that wasn't a crime. You 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 can't have a crime law go back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in in time. And so all these people have been through the World Economic Forum including the prime minister of of uh, New Zealand, a lady named Jacinda Ardern. And she has been one of the most radical people on this. She actually, I have a video of her where she came out and she said, we, the government, will be your only source of truth with regard to vaccines and how to act with regard to this virus. So she's... Do not trust any other sources. We will be the only source of truth. So wow. she put in vaccine mandates. Police officers, nurses, and that type of thing have to be vaccinated to keep their employment. 
and the New Zealand court came out and said, nope, that is that is a I can't remember the exact terminology they used. That's against basic human rights hmm. that you would do this. Yeah. And so we've had the Supreme Court in many cases in our country, except that they've excluded the medical people, unfortunately. So they, they've had the vaccine mandates for they were going to do for employers of, of 100 or more people. Those right. have all been struck down. Now, the, the case is still in the courts, but at least right now the Supreme Court has given the opinion, listen, you're not going to win this case. You're, you're exceeding your authority under the Constitution. The government is exceeding its authority. You're exceeding your authority given to you by Congress. So they're losing on most of these. But my question is this. I, there, there's a shift now because the, the story about COVID is changing. And pretty soon, there's going to be no mask mandates. They're not going to worry about the six-foot distancing. They're not going to have vaccine mandates. But then what's, what, are they, what are they going to shift to then? And my question, too, is, are the airline pilots, are the nurses, are the doctors, are all these people who've lost their jobs because of these mandates, are they going to get their jobs back? Hmm. But my concern, David, is that we're, we're living at this time where they're, they're trying to establish this global system. And it operates on many levels. So what we've seen in the last few weeks um, is a shift in the narrative. But what's the narrative going to be going forward? Well, it's going to be, let's say, maybe it's climate change. Yep, exactly. And lo and behold, yesterday, you can look it up online. If you if be careful, you make sure you have the bandwidth capacity to download it. The International Climate on Climate Change issued yet another one of their reports that they put out every few months now about the climate emergency, and we're losing time. We've got to act quickly. We've got to do something. The report, David, and the, the summaries that come along with it are about 4,000 pages long. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Somebody's been working on this for a while. For a long and I time. Downloaded it. And, but, so now it's going to be we need to put in these restrictions, lockdowns, because of uh, climate change. We need to, and there, there were people that were talking about this, uh, people like the squad and that type of thing. Again, this is very troubling. Now, I will also say there's one area where it seems that the government is going to continue the masking and social distancing requirement. And this was put out by a U.S. agency just over the weekend, because in connection with the Ukraine thing, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about next segment, I guess, is Vladimir Putin has threatened the use of nuclear weapons. So they said, well, okay, we need to inform the people what we, they need to do in case of a nuclear attack. And one of the things that's included, when I was a kid, they used to tell us, get under your desk <laughs> yes. while you're at school. Right. Or go to the, into the bathroom. <laughs> but now they're saying this, well, when you, when you get into a shelter or a place of safety, be sure to wear your mask and social distance. Oh, my goodness. Really? Um, John, this I've, is our government. Yeah, I've got. Well, I've got to point out what 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 John Kerry said. Um, a Washington Times article: John Kerry urges Putin to not let Ukraine invasion distract from combating climate change. And Kerry, yeah, I played the clip. Go ahead. I played a clip of that in my update on Sunday. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play it because I 
I was moved by an act of mercy not to subject people to John Kerry talking. But he was on BBC Arabic language thing, and he said that this would be uh, this, uh, Putin, you're invading Ukraine, and that's a distraction to the war on climate change. Yep. yep. And that's where these globalists want to go next with climate change. You see this, David, with regard, there's a thing called um, EGS, Environment, Government, ESG, Environment, Social, Governance. This is a thing that started back, you can look at the history of it, started back in the 60s when companies decided not to uh, invest in South Africa because of apartheid. And now they've changed it over to how, so there's a score that corporations are getting, and there's even... I saw it on Glenn Beck's show where they had Merrill Lynch account statements where people are being given an ESG score. Like, are you invest are your investments green enough? Wow. And if your investments aren't green enough, it's going to be, this is this Chinese social credit system that we've talked about for a few years now. Yep. This is how it's coming in. And that this, the, the infrastructure, the logistics of rolling out of all of, that, which I think will ultimately lead to the mark of the beast where you cannot buy or sell. I think that's still future. But the logistics of how all of that works are certainly being set up everywhere you look. So you have ESG, you have Great Reset, you have World Economic Forum, mandates this, mandates that. It's, it's going to shift from the virus to something else, or it'll be the next virus, which will be more mandates. And in the meantime, they're destroying our children. That's yes. the thing that's so troubling about this. And it, it, so I would ask this lady, you know, who called in, do you care about the children? Do you really care? Look at what's happening to them. It's, it's very troubling. Well, John, we've got to take a break, but I think some people actually believe they are, they're convinced they are doing the right thing by following all this guidance and the mandates for the children but they're not going to do their research, not doing their due diligence. John Haller is our guest today. When we come back, we'll talk about wars and rumors of wars, Russia, Ukraine. Is Ukraine in the Ezekiel 38 Bible prophecy? More with John Haller in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Pastor John Haller is with us today. We're talking about, well, we finished talking about government intimidation, tyranny, totalitarianism, and we've got to address this Russia crisis. And I was telling John before we got back on the air that I saw uh, something over at CBS that was pointing at Putin and the Russia in uh, the Ukraine invasion as the reason for skyrocketing energy costs and supply chain issues. And I'm scratching my head going, Does CBS really believe that? Because this has been going on since Biden took office. John, your thoughts on that real quick. Well, listen, the the warning here is that as we get into this Ukraine thing a little bit, the the propaganda that is flying around, it's very, very difficult to ascertain exactly what's going on and what the truth is. It can be very confusing. And believe me, I got a thousand messages over the past five days and not one agreed with another, but everybody had it figured out that this is exactly <laughs> what's happening. But what you're going to see is you're going to, just like the narrative on the virus is changing, the narrative as to why we're having supply chain issues, supply chain issues, 
particularly as we're leading up to midterm elections. And we now where we have 30, 31 Democrats who are, that are not running again. Interesting. And supposedly safe seats that they think there's going to be. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to change the narrative. All of this, it's not anything that, that Biden or Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi did. This is this is this is all Putin's fault. Mm-hmm. And it's not all Putin's fault. We the first day Biden came in, he shut down the Keystone Pipeline. We now are buying hundreds of thousands of barrels of oil from Russia. Russia is the main gas supplier for Europe. Uh, I will give you an example. I, a couple of weeks ago, I did an update I included about the EastMed pipeline. Israel found a lot of gas off of their coastline. They were working with uh, Greece and Cyprus to transport that to Italy, across to Greece, to Italy, through a pipeline. Now, very difficult to do. It's 3,000 meters deep parts of the ocean there. So engineering it would be very, it would be a great thing. It was going to take a while, but it would relieve the pressure on the uh, the gas supply in, in, uh, in Europe, make them less dependent on Russian gas. Amos Hochstein, who is the energy guru at the State Department, did an interview. This was picked up by Turkish television. Turkey wants the pipeline to go across Turkey so they get transit fees. But the U.S. government issued what they called a non-paper saying, we don't support the East Med. It's too difficult. It'll take too long. It's too much finance. And we are at the end of history with regard to fossil fuels. This is exactly this is what all the consultants and our own government person said. We're not getting rid of fossil fuels anytime soon. No. I mean, you know, I, I laugh every time. I saw a guy yesterday turn in front of me at a Tesla, beautiful car, and it had zero emissions on the front of it. That's just nonsense. He hooks it up to the electric grid that's powered by gas or oil. I mean, give me a break. I mean, how, how stupid. But, you know, there's an advertisement. He thinks he's doing, you know, the work of his uh, masters at government. But the increase in price of gas, this is what the, the green people have wanted. Mm. And so now we have all these corporations doing a thing called greenwashing. They're acting like they're environmentally conscious. conscious. They have an environmental conscience. And, they, you know, so they're doing all these green things when maybe they're not. So it, it's, a, it's a way of it's, – it's almost a fraud in the way they're, they're marketing themselves now mm. and pumping up their securities, their stock prices. So – so let's talk about Ukraine. Yes, let's do that. What about so, Bible prophecy and what's happening on that front? Yeah, let's talk about specifically. So I, I don't know that I can say that there's a direct line as to there's nothing in, that I see in Bible prophecy that talks about Russia invading Ukraine. Uh, there is a line of thought in Bible prophecy, though, that Russia will be whoever, however Russia is constituted at that time, will be an end-time player and lead a coalition of nations against Israel I'm not sure that that's a view that I look at. I look at Turkey more, the old area of Assyria around the, which included the Babylonian Empire and Babylon and that type of thing. I think that's important. So I'm not sure that it's a correct interpretation to say that Russia, Russia is Rosh. But we'll see. I guess this is how these things work out in Bible process. We can argue about it, and we can sit down and have lunch about it, and yeah. we can argue back and forth. But... I think the biggest impact, though, is the thing that you need to consider is what is the impact on Israel. So last week, 
at a, uh, a conference of, uh, they called it the Council of Presidents of Jewish Organizations, Yair Lapid, who is the prime minister in waiting and the current foreign minister of Israel, said this very interesting comment that he made. Our Syrian border, border is a Russian border because Russia is propping up the Syrian regime. Without Russia's support, the Assad regime would fall very quickly. Turkey would take it over in a day. Hmm. Uh, the U.S. troops that are there, maybe a thousand or so in eastern Syria, they they operate with an air cap, and they're much more effective than than big armies. And so, but 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 Israel is concerned, and I participate in a group that has regular briefings with some of the Israeli security people, Israeli security organization that's been set up. And they're concerned about this, Hezbollah and those type of things. And what's going to happen? How does this war in Ukraine impact things in the Middle East, which are more, I think, relevant to Bible prophecy? And the answer is, it certainly is emboldening Iran. In fact, today, Mm. there were two things that the Biden administration did. They said that we we need Russia approval of the Vienna talks to bring Iran into line. What? Well, yeah, they did. And the other thing was they did, the DOJ, the Department of Justice, had a investigative arm called the China Initiative, and they terminated that today. Hmm. To not investigate Chinese theft and influence and that type of thing. I, it's, I, I, I hear you sort of sitting there in si- stunned silence. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, this this... So there's tremendous corruption in our government, Mm. and we can argue about whether Putin is right to go into Ukraine or not. Listen, I don't have a very high view of Vladimir Putin. If we're concerned about Nancy Pelosi using insider information and what's coming up with laws to build up a fortune of one or two hundred million dollars of her of her own, understand Vladimir Putin, by most estimates, is probably between number one and number six on the world's richest people. Now, how does a political leader amass a fortune like that if he is not incredibly corrupt? We think what the people in Congress are doing is corrupt. We'll multiply that by a thousand times <laughs> to get Putin's, Putin's wealth or the wealth that he controls. So, you know, I think it's very difficult. I, you know, mm. Russia has always has a certain brutality attached to it. I think that's clear. They have been invaded. They're concerned about Ukraine. Uh, they call it eth- there's ethnic cleansing going on. I'm trying to get a handle on. And, I, you know, I listen to what Putin says in his speeches historically, why he had to go into Ukraine. And then I go and I look at um well, okay. What what's the real what's the real story? Because you know he's KGB. KGB mm-hmm. at the height of the Soviet Union, they had a million people engaged in propaganda, and those people didn't go away when the Soviet Union fell. And understand what what motivates Putin. He has said in speeches, um, the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the now. This is the century. With the two world wars, the Holocaust, the greatest tragedy to Vladimir Putin 
of the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union. And he's trying to do this. And so that I, if you want to go to near the end of my update on Sunday, there's a good clip from uh, Peter Zahal, uh, who has a uh, new book coming out. He's an analyst. And he just says Putin has a much bigger game and plan here and, and play here. I think and you're getting a lot of reports about what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah. I've, I've been in touch with missionaries in Ukraine. There's a lot of suffering. People are being killed. Hmm. Uh, it's very difficult. Um, Ukraine is not a perfect country. Nobody's saying that. But Putin is threatening hyperbaric bomb, bombs. These are sort of like the Moabs that we have, the mother of all bombs that we used once in Afghanistan. They're devastating. They, they're, it's just, they're one step below a nuclear weapon. But he's also put his nuclear forces on high alert. We ought to be concerned about that. Yes. People ought to be praying about it. And, and, and so the, the motivation, though, in this time is, what, what do we do about that? Mm-hmm. And what we do about that is, you know, we really need to be in the Word. We need to be getting in a right relationship with God, and we need to be sharing the salvation or the gospel with people to get them saved. Because we are looking at a time where the, the eternal destiny of people could be decided in a moment of time. I'm very concerned about it. I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis when I was eight years old. And I remember asking my mother, I said, what are these, what are they talking about? Because we added on TV black and white on the UN Security Council argument over this. Hmm. And she just said, this could be the end of the world hmm. for us. I mean, so I survived, you know, and, but people need to be looking at that. People need to make some preparations. We have massive supply chain issues. Ukraine supplies maybe, 25 percent of the world's wheat well what if they don't have a wheat crop this year hmm. what's that going to do the prices yeah and so but but see now there's this fits into the narrative of the biden administration well it's not our fault that there's no gas around the other problem is they put sanctions on russia which we can argue whether those are good or not hmm. but they're just going to go to china they're selling things to china and as the price of gas goes up guess what guess who makes more money Russia. If somebody described Russia, Russia is a gas station with a country on top of it. They have <laughs> some of the world's most extensive oil and gas reserves. So if the price of oil and gas goes up, that finances his war. So I don't even know that Putin is out of pocket anything no. for this war. No, I don't either. And But look, what's, what's going to happen, it, you need to pray for the pe- all the people involved. I mean, this is... It's a. I think it's a horrible situation. I think Russia is maybe doing better than some of the media reports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ukraine is is getting some support. They have these javelin missiles to take out tanks, but they only have about seven hundred of them. And you know, there's a forty mile long convoy yes. towards Kiev. Yeah, and the media would like to make us think that uh, you know Russia is being held up or delayed or that they're not. Uh, that they're being hurt by sanctions, including the ones that, you know, by Biden. Russia is not hurting at all. I don't think so. I could be wrong. But, uh, yes, we've got, really got to take what the media reports, depending on who the source is, uh, with a grain of salt. Right. So uh, you mentioned, just to wrap this up, John, we've got two minutes left. You know, I'll just let you clarify and, and just finish your thoughts. Uh, the whole thought about Bible prophecy, Ukraine is part of the ancient Russian Empire. Some say that if Russia were to overtake Ukraine, 
it would be part of that Ezekiel uh, coalition. But uh, th- there's still a lot of speculation, and, and there's still some history yeah. to, be, to be played out. But I think, but I think uh, what uh, you know in Putin's speech, and I think he was somewhat accurate, somewhat not. And he he does this. He looks at Mother Russia and the R- Russian Orthodox Church as kind of a a combined entity. So I see a lot of Christians saying, "Well, he's just trying to restore Christianity." And I'm like, I just don't know that hyperbaric bombs and that type of thing is the way that Christianity is restored, even if, even in the face of a corrupt company, country. The gospel propagates it propagated in the Roman Empire and, and other corrupt places all over the world. It, it propagates in China. So I think that I think the thing to watch though is what what does Iran do in response? to this situation in Ukraine, because everybody's going to be distracted by that. They're going to continue to try. They, and the Assad regime is not getting rid of Iran. There, there's a very tight ideological thing there. They, they have the same goals. So Iran's going to continue to do this. Israel is in a difficult place. They came out and said, we support Ukraine. Hmm. There will be a vote. There was either a vote today or will be today or there was yesterday in Israel. will support uh, a condemnation of Russia. Well, Russia, when they, Yair Lapid said something about that over the weekend, the ambassador to the UN, Russian ambassador to the UN, immediately tweeted out, we do not support any Israeli claim to the Golan Heights. And this is interesting because if Ukraine is viewed as a threat to Russia, because in, in NATO, by putting missiles in the Baltic states and that type of thing, is a threat to Russia, then, okay, Mr. Putin, same thing with Israel. Missiles and anti-rockets and that type of thing, and the Golan is a threat to the existence of Israel. And yep. that, uh, it's, it's the same argument that you just have to flip around. Yep, on. John Haller, something Christians miss is we've got to keep an eye on Israel. So, friends, your biblical uh, view of, of things is very important during these times. John Haller, thanks for your time, brother. God bless you. All right, we've got Steve Smotherman tomorrow, Legacy Church, New Mexico. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.